This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Establishment Pass Podcast and Mike Touch Points. I'm your host, but level with me as always, my co-host Dylan Reagan, and we're back here to preview uh, the NFC East. We did the AFC East, our first one this offseason, getting you ready for the 2022 NFL season, and now on to the other side of the East, and that is the NFC, and uh, very interesting um, mix here of teams because when we, you know, in each of these we do our, our ceiling and floor for each of these teams and Dylan, this one's interesting because you look at all four of these teams and I'm sure there will be, you know, I'm curious to see what the AFC West looks like, um, NFC West and such, maybe the, I'm trying to think what else, it would, I guess AFC North could be interesting, but, you know, this one's kind of, it's kind of fascinating from a win total standpoint. You've got uh, only three wins that separate these four teams based on where things stand right now, although I don't think there are a lot of people who are going to pick the Giants to win the division. But um, still, it, it is one that's, um, you know, when you see the moves that have been made with, for the Eagles this offseason, they've had a really good offseason. You know, you expect the Cowboys to be really good. At worst, I think Washington will be solid. Um, you know, it, it, there's some intrigue now, a lot more intrigue in the NFC East now than there was, you know, several years ago where it was just either felt like just a one-team race or a, a two-team race. Although, again, I think it's a two-team race here. It's just the teams on the bottom seem to be in a spot to, to maybe get a little bit better. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they also have easier schedules. That's one thing you'll see uh, just based on the teams that these uh, teams in this division get to face. Uh, that's tending to kind of bump up the numbers, I think, for the Giants and Commanders in particular. I do think, you know, I guess in 2020 it was, uh, you know, all the basically every team had a shot at the division. Uh, if Dak had been healthy, that might not have been the case, but it really came down to the wire. I do think despite the three-game gap between the Cowboys and Giants here and the, and the win totals, I think it's a two-team race for sure. Um, I, I think there's some questions for sure. Yeah, I think that around the Commanders' offense, uh, the Giants' roster overall, Giants are – by football outsiders projections despite their uh i think it's the fourth or fifth easiest schedule they have the lowest projected win total by a half win which is a pretty decent number on their on their numbers washington a bit better but i think they they have philadelphia and and dallas at three and four in terms of their projected win totals but that's a product of them having the easiest schedule in, in philadelphia projected and dallas the third easiest so and these teams aren't perfect. I wouldn't say you'd look at the NFC overall and look at the Cowboys and Eagles as maybe your top Super Bowl contenders. Maybe you could make an argument for Dallas, depending on how you feel like that offense continues to play. If the defense uh, can take a step forward um, and stay as good as it has been, Michael Parsons a huge part of that. Obviously, does basically fills in every. Uh, thing you need it can be like three different players depending on what play it is and what you ask him to do and he can fill in so many roles i do still have concerns that maybe at the corner spot opposite of trayvon Diggs, but overall i think dallas still has maybe the tools the most to look at at for a super bowl contender here obviously the eagles big questions with jalen hurts and we'll get into those but uh with him need to answer um this season but yeah i think for me it's still a two-team race um going into this season I, I the two teams that made the playoffs last year 
I just think they are a step above. But uh, still intriguing things for the Commanders and Giants. Always a, a division that we enjoy going through, and these teams always find a way to. Uh, well, usually they find ways to play each other uh, pretty well, um, pretty close games. Not necessarily the case down the stretch last year with the Washington football team getting blown out a few times by Dallas and Philly. But, um, yeah, still an uh, exciting division to talk about and some questions maybe that weren't there, especially for Dallas, that I think last year uh, may not have existed. Yeah, well, let's start with the Cowboys because they are the team with the highest projected win total, 10.5. But the Cowboys, like you said, there are some question marks there. Uh, we know things are a little bit different. Uh, offensively, I think the depth at wide receiver, something to be determined. Um, of course, Amari Cooper is off to the Browns. They've got a couple of different options stepping in there, which one guy I'll talk about a little bit more, which I know you'll bring up too, mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a potential breakout player uh from that group but uh you know beyond that i think there's a lot of good things in place we kind of know who the the anchors are on the defense for the cowboys with with parsons and such and um i think that there's still a lot to like about this cowboys team it's just a matter of like you said can they kind of get to where they were last year can they match some of that production um that would be interesting but they're at ten and a half and um you know, I, I look at this this is what we you know it's what we do. We have to look at the schedules and like you yeah. said, this is one where I think the Cowboys certainly start off with a, a strong, um, you know, schedule in terms of playing the Bucks and the Bengals to start things off. But both of those at AT and T Stadium, that's a that's a big boost there. And then beyond that, you know, got to go to LA to play the Rams, got to play in Minnesota, got to play in Green Bay, um, you know, Nashville against the Titans. But really, everything else feels kind of manageable on the schedule. And, and I think the other, the majority of the games the Cowboys play in Arlington, I would say they'll be the favorite then, um, yeah. you know, and and I think maybe, you know, I don't know what the opening line is. I'm sure it's already set for week one against the Bucks, but, um, you know, I think that's going to be the thing is so they'll be favored in pretty much all their home games. They've got some opportunities, you know, playing in Jacksonville. That's, you would think that's a, that's an easy win for the Cowboys, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, divisional games, like we said, just depending on how good your opponents are there and, you know, getting like Chicago and, and the Texans and teams like that. So, I think the schedule sets up nicely for the Cowboys. Um, ten and a half. I think I, I would probably go. I'll be honest with you. Like I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, I don't know how they lose more than, um, you know, against some of these other teams. I'm just thinking. Like, I don't think I would go lower than ten with the Cowboys. I think it's, I think ten to twelve uh, is probably the, the range I would go in here. All goes well. Um, you know, like I said, they've got some challenging road games in there, but. Not a ton. Um, so I'll, I'll go 10 to 12 for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think um, I, I would take the over if I had to make the bet. I think as long yeah. as Dak stays healthy, 11 and 6 should be doable. Like you mentioned, one of the easier schedules, um, that, that opening game at home against Tampa, they are slight, just a point and a half underdogs. It's basically a, a coin toss there. Um, and they obviously played them so well last year going into after Tampa had won the Super Bowl week one season opener. They almost get that W on the road. And um they they started out really hot on offense last year but the defense was really the thing that you know going into the year we had a ton of question marks and still depth wise i wouldn't say this secondary is exactly um the most deep that malik hooker didn't have a bigger role yeah somehow only 26 years old which is pretty nuts i feel like he's been around for a long time but he comes over has been there and i think that him stepping in into a, a bigger role um forget the name of the starting safety that they let walk but um i think there's still some questions of the depth there but i i just really liked what dan quinn did last year and i think being able to keep both their coordinators for a team that had 
you know, both guys in Kelmore and Dan Quinn getting a decent amount of uh, interest from teams for head coaching gigs. Not both of them end up staying. I think that really does help to have that continuity for the team because, you know, Dan Quinn went away from just going from playing the, kind of the, some of the stagnant stuff that have uh, started occurring towards the, towards the end of his tenure in Atlanta. He's really varied with his coverages. Obviously having Micah Parsons mentioned off the top, a guy that just is like the perfect hybrid of like he can do anything. He can basically be an edge rusher. He can set the edge. He can be a off, offset linebacker. He can basically almost play safety. Like he can do anything you want <laughs> depending on the play call. And I think that just opens up so many possibilities for this team. And I think that is the reason also just for the confidence and getting over because I feel like even when the offense last year started out hot and the Dak, you know, had the shoulder stuff going into the year, had some other lingering injuries at times, didn't put up the biggest numbers. Think of the games. Uh, some games they lost in the middle of the season. One, two in particular, I think about to Denver, did not look great in that one. Also had a, a loss at Kansas City where I think they yeah, they only put up nine points. I mean, they, they had some, str- some struggles there, but they fought through it, and the defense was always just a huge, huge strength for them. Um, still obviously losing, you know, Mari Cooper departing. Uh, you know, you, you would have hoped they would have gotten some more, uh, more in return just looking at how the, the wide receiver market kind of developed over the offseason it felt like they kind of sold on on that a little early given what ended up being all the prices that uh, teams started paying for these guys but uh still maybe not the deepest uh, receiver room we, we talked about uh, previously also james washington with his pretty significant injury right now they seem confident in the guys they have in there jalen tolbert a third round pick potentially going to get a decent role adult schultz pretty solid tight end i mean they have solid pieces um tyler smith should be uh, depending on how quickly they wanted to uh, to to start at like, possibly at left guard, pro- potentially the, the left tackle of the, fu- of the future. This is a guy that did have some some issues off the field uh, during college, uh, but nonetheless, if he's uh, things are able to work out here in Dallas, yeah, the team is uh, pretty solid. Uh, just like any team, though, I, I say the depth thing, and it's like a lot of teams have. You can make the same argument for a lot of teams about lacking um, uh, the most depth. Uh, so. I, I, and I mentioned also the you know opposite of Trayvon Diggs, if Anthony Brown did not have necessarily the best season, but there's not really a guy that's threatening to take away his uh, opposite corner role. That's just one spot where it's like you think about this team uh, for a weakness, but otherwise, yeah, they're they're pretty good across the board, man. I think that and with the schedule, maybe you know if the Eagles somehow win the division, uh, we'll get to when we make our division picks. Not going to try to give that away too early and i'm not even sure i really know yet between uh, philly and dallas i think it's definitely one of yeah. them but uh yeah i think they they should be a playoff team in the nfc uh they should with the schedule with with the talent they have and i just think they have enough in the running game even you know zeke fought through some injuries and maybe you should have maybe you should have had him you know his reputation sometimes of him not putting up the, the performances he used to but he had a lot of injuries that he just played through it's I mean, his toughness is ridiculous i obviously still have tony pollard so i mean they have they have weapons all over. Just, and I, I do think, as I, you know, at the top, I'm like maybe the, when I think of the Super Bowl contenders from this conference, I don't immediately think of these two. But I think Dallas definitely on their high end. If they stay healthy pretty well, then yeah, they are right in that conversation with the the Packers, with the Bucks, uh, Rams, that kind of group. Yeah, I think so too. I think that they, you know, we'll see. Like you said, they, they have some questions and just figuring out, you know, how they they answer some of those, but. Still a, a very good nucleus in place, and uh, we'll find out if, if we pick them to win uh, the division. Like you said, we still got to make our pick. So, uh, but that's kind of where things stand for the Cowboys at 10.5. The Eagles, 9.5, and, a half, and uh, as Dylan notes here in our, our notes, was just 8.5 not too long ago. Um, it's up to 9.5 now in terms of 
their projected win total. Um, and, you know, like we said, they're, they're a team I think a lot of people look at. And you talk about an offseason. They had a obviously a, a very um, noteworthy offseason getting yeah. A.J. Brown. Some of the other additions they made. Um, you know, this is a team that, you know, expectations are very high. Um, don't know if it's, you know, Super Bowl yet from, you know, winning a Super Bowl several years ago. But the expectations are pretty high for the Eagles. And, again, you know, we talk about schedule. I mean, it's like, man, if you're, you're looking at this team, I think you're, for starters, you're, you're believing, you know, in Jalen Hurts and looking at this offense now with A.J. Brown in it and feeling like, you know, got Devonta Smith there. Um, there's just a, there's a lot of things I think you can like about this offense, and mm-hmm. I know we'll talk a little bit more in depth about Hurts, but I mean there's you know that's that's kind of something that, that you're really gonna I think put a lot of stock in if you're picking me over here at nine and a half, but you're also gonna look at the schedule and again Lions, Jags, um, Texans, you know you've got multiple games against the Giants and the Washington depending on what those two teams do. Um, you know, you've got the Bears, you've got teams like that. And so, I mean, the Steelers, who we think probably going to be a little bit of a, a rebuild, perhaps, not knowing with their quarterback situation, what the offense looks like. So, I mean, I, I think, again, you know, this is a team that I would go over if I if I had the nine and a half right now and had to pick one or the other if we're talking about range. Um, man, I'm telling you, like, I go down this list here and I, I see a lot of possible wins and because yeah. i think they are going to have a chance to win this division you know i would i'd maybe go i'll go nine to 12 for the eagles i know we went i, I went 10 to 12 for the cowboys but i might go nine to 12 for the eagles i know that that 12 is going to maybe a little high for some people but again when i look at this schedule i'm just thinking man best case scenario there's a lot of games on here that are very winnable mm-hmm. um and so I'll, I'll go nine to 12 for the eagles again i know the 12 may be high for some people but I yeah I just I think that this could be a season where things kind of come together for them and so that's what what I'll go with and I, I would take the over at nine and a half so yeah I I think I would probably take the over I, I don't know if I said my floor for the Cowboys I, I guess I'd go like ten to thirteen even I think yeah. I mean fourteen if we're really talking ultimate ultimate ceiling for them I think Philly like you said is probably closer. I'll go maybe, uh, you know, when that eight and a half was there, I think I was like, go bet now, like go get <laughs> yeah. that over. Now, like we said, it's a it's a whole, like you just mentioned, a, a win up um, higher now. I still think I would take the over. I think uh, I felt better about it before. I think the eight, it might be my, you know, if things really don't work out and, and the offense regresses and the, some of the things they did over the course of the yeah. year where their, their DVOA on offense really improved over the course of the season as they committed to their identity and they had to win running the football and committing to running the football early in downs and just overpowering teams with their three-headed monster of, of running backs. Um, uh, but I think the ceiling is, pro- yeah, it's up to 12 because they have the easiest projected schedule per Football Outsiders. Um, I, I think Sharp Football Analysis has it in the top three or four as well. So most of these projections, looking at what, where all these teams are going to finish by the end of it, have Philly having an easy schedule, which is good because last year they did not, you know, uh, look down their schedule real quick last season. They did not beat a playoff team. <laughs> so right. is, that is something, that, definitely a concern. Um they did almost beat, not a playoff team, but the Chargers were right on the cusp of, of making it. They had some close games. They could have beaten Tampa Bay in that week six, I think, Thursday night matchup. Like They, they played some good teams well. Uh, they they barely lost to San Francisco too, but they they beat up on their on the on their easier opponents, and that's what they sh- should be able to do again. They have as we're talking about all these teams on the schedule that they should be able to take over and and will themselves to wins. They are a deeper team. I mean, it's crazy because they won that Super Bowl, and at the time 
uh, their depth was uh, well uh, well known and everyone talked about it and then it kind of started falling off and now they've just retooled and I look at their defense and it's like man these guys if if uh, you know give some time to Nicobe Dean Jordan Davis is going to fit in well I, that defense is just it's a solid group um uh, James Stroud Badbury just a nice addition uh corner too and um yeah it's a it's a it's a full unit i think bringing in aj brown having that kind of target with the catch radius that he has and what he might be able to bring the philadelphia's offense maybe he's not going to put up the numbers he did in tennessee necessarily but i think what he opens up for Devonte smith having just ball winners like that still still think quez watkins is a pretty solid option there obviously we've talked about goddard up for a long time and what he's able to do so yeah man i I don't. I, I really feel like they have a complete team, and given their schedule, I think they are. Even if I think their ceiling's t- slightly lower than Dallas, like I'm saying, Dallas can go 14 and three. I'm not, I'm not expecting anyone to go 14 and three, but it happens. Um, I think for Philly, 12 and five is maybe my ceiling, whereas the floor could go down to like eight nine wins. But I'm predicting them to. Uh, I feel like they're going to go over the nine and a half. I think they're a team that wins ten, at least goes ten and seven. They're a playoff team in my mind, and potentially eleven and six. If I had to like make an actual schedule or off the bat right now prediction, yeah. that's probably where I'd go. I think that, that steps forward. They're going to be able to beat some of those better teams, and then you, on top of it, just the quantity of winnable games on the schedule yeah and the depth uh, it's just a lot comes down and not really haven't talked too much about Jalen Hurts in this whole rant here but uh obviously very important that he takes a step forward and I think obviously having AJ Brown there and he's well aware of he's a guy that uh, one of the stats reading about in the last couple of weeks preparing for all these um not necessarily the best stat in terms of his play when he has time in the pocket a lot of guys uh, kind of predictable season to season success and it's usually a good sign for rookie qbs a lot of them struggle with pressure but usually the better ones uh perform well uh when they have time jalen hurts not the best in the pocket with time quarterback so that that's something he definitely needs to work on after his first couple years in the league um i think gardner Minshew as a backup is not a bad option to have we've seen this guy win some games and he can beat some worse teams and given the depth of this roster yeah i just think that even if jalen doesn't take a huge jump i still think they're uh on the edge and probably should be a playoff team with the schedule yeah i think so too i think there's a, a, a much higher ceiling for the eagles now kind of where things stand with this roster especially um don't know if that's the case for the washington commanders uh they are at eight and a half which i'll be honest with you i like you said i think I, when i initially saw it i was thinking "Ooh, it was a little high maybe for me but it is the schedule and when you mm-hmm. look at their schedule uh, it's easy to understand why it is what what it is because be honest too you start off the season with two games against the Jags and the Lions um so you could be 2-0 right there then you get the Eagles at home so again that's kind of a swing game um you know so I think that's important to think about plus you got the Falcons um you know you got the Texans on there so those are kind of games too that you could get to that seven win mark pretty uh quickly with a, a couple wins maybe in you know field goal type spread so I don't think it's actually that um you know, unrealistic now to look at it and feel like eight and a half is there, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know what to expect from this yeah. team. Um, defensively, I think that, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get from a Ron Rivera team. We know they've got some, some talent on that side of the ball. Um, offensively, we talked about guys there that are, you know, have felt sort of undervalued in recent years and Antonio Gibson, very good player. They picked up Robinson, um, you know, in the draft, Brian Robinson, you got Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin there. who We've always been high on, um, you know, Dotson's also there. There's another guy that will probably step in right away and, and get some opportunities. I think the offense could actually be pretty good, but the problem is, Dylan, of course, is you don't know where you're getting from the quarterback position. And I think that's the the biggest question. Um, 
and because I, I just have no idea what to expect there, I just think that leaves a lot more questions uh, than answers for me with the Commanders uh, in Season 1 of being the Commanders. And <laughs> I, I'm looking at this number, and I'm just like, man, I, I would I would definitely stay away from this one because I don't have a great feel for, for this for Washington. I'll go... Man, I mean, again, let's let's say the quarterback situation just does not go well. But I mean, you, know, you still got Taylor Heineke there. You, you never know. Um, I'll go seven as the floor. I don't think they'll be much worse than that. Yeah. Uh, again, worst case scenario. I don't think, that, like I said before, I think they're a solid team. I don't think they're going to be a terrible team. I'll go seven. Um, best case scenario. Uh, I mean, look. If everything comes together, I'll, I'll go ten. Uh, yeah. Best case scenario, that's a. I think that's a that's a realistic range. So I'll go seven to ten for Washington. Yeah, I th- you you nailed almost exactly what I was thinking for the, the the top one. I'll go ten also for the ceiling. My floor is probably a little lower, maybe like six. I just yeah. the thing they do have like we keep talking about this whole division. They have the second <laughs> easiest projected schedule, but that also. You have to take the caveat that a lot of teams that are on the schedule will probably look at Washington and be like, all right, you know, this is a game we can win for sure. And it's yeah. the thing is their defense has, I, I think, will rebound. Um, after in 2020 they had a top four-ish unit, I forget exactly, in DVOA. Last year more in the middle in the pack, um, not nearly putting up the same numbers. They struggled immensely on third down. Like they were just ridiculous in how many third down passing conversions they were giving at a much higher rate than any team in the league. So that's most likely to regress in a good way back to them not having that happen as often, even though they didn't make a ton of, uh, didn't really change up their secondary too much. They have solid players, but maybe not overly great uh, unit overall. I still think they'll rebound there, but my concern probably maybe, maybe a bit more is with the offense. Um, uh, the thing is, Carson Wentz had okay numbers if you look at like his total DYR stats and just total rate stats and stuff. But I mean, he had that offensive line and Frank Reich and Jonathan Taylor, and he does not have those things. No, no matter how good Antonio Gibson can be, no matter how uh, if Norwell can come in and play pretty well, Charles Leno, that it's a great pickup. You know, Chicago, how how they missed. You know. That's, we'll get to the Bears in a little while. But anyway, getting Charles Lindell for basically nothing was pretty uh, as easily as they did. Uh, really huge addition, I think, for that offensive line. Uh, if guys stay healthy, we've been saying for a long time, if Curtis Samuel can just be healthy and be on the field, what he has the ability to do. I just still worry about Carson Wentz, another guy that has struggled when he ha- even when he has time. Always makes a, you know, turns up over the ball in, in ways that are hard to fathom at times. And yeah, I just I, I they have right now football outsiders going into the year projects them to have the second lowest DVOA in offense. I don't know if I would put them that low personally. Yeah. Um, but I, I I I do have concerns about how far up they can go. Um, obviously need to stay healthy on, on defense. Uh, need Chase Young on the field as much as possible, and then maybe um, we, we see Jamin Davis make a a, de- a little jump uh, as well, solid enough. But I think could. Uh, they have higher expectations for him. So, yeah, there there are reasons to be excited, but I, mean, I just, you know, again, this defense didn't have a ton of uh, turnover in terms of the secondary and, and a, at a place where they did struggle. So it's like how, how much are we really going to be able to see them improve there? And offensively, I don't know if they can take a huge jump. So, yeah, I think 10 wins, if things do work out and the offense is solid enough and the defense gets back to being like a top, maybe not top five, but if they're like top 10, 11, 12, unit then 10 and 7 with this schedule is possible but i think it could be as bad as 6 and 11 i i'll put that as my floor yeah i like you said the quarterback situation and just not knowing yeah i, I could see it falling down i'll stick with 7 to 10 but i think it's 
the schedule we said it's, yep. we're repeating but i mean that's just that's the way it is uh, the giants are last on this list here they're at seven and a half so that's the three win as we said cowboys projected at ten and a half giants at seven and a half which um you know once again that's uh you know that one may turn some heads and people be like wait a second how are the, the giants maybe they're at seven and a half of course it's a um, new team new team uh, new coach not exactly a new team but um you know kind of a, a different situation here and, and it will be interesting to see how everything comes together uh for you know kind of the new coaching staff and, and seeing what they can do offensively you know i, I kind of mentioned daniel jones is a a way out there sleeper fantasy wise we did our our qb um you know kind of looking at mm-hmm. potential fantasy breakout type players i think he's he's interesting just from that aspect of seeing uh, maybe how he does under a guy who you know was was played a, a nice role we know in uh, josh allen's um you know success in, in buffalo and, and those kind of things and you know uh, we know as well that picking up um you know some some nice additions where they had in the draft you know an evan neal Kayvon thibodeau those guys who will, will probably be expected to make an impact right away uh they've got some other you know players on that roster that you know younger but i think again you've got some guys that we've seen be able to to make plays yeah. so um I mean, you know, as of right now, once again, I, I think they'll be probably the worst team in the division. I, I think that's just kind of again, not, I'm not, it's not breaking news by any means, but um, it's it's just what that win total, right? And it's it's one of those again where, you know, they've got those potential swing games against Carolina, Chicago, and Jacksonville, and Seattle, and I mean, you want to talk about a road? Dylan, I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. there is not an easier four game stretch on anyone's schedule in the NFL <laughs> than. At Jacksonville, at Seattle, home against Houston, and home against Detroit, <laughs> you would have to believe. Just and I'm not, I'm not saying all these teams are going to be terrible, but just if we really think about it, I mean, right now we're not going to give away our picks, but you know, I mean, we're talking about potentially the the two worst teams in the AFC South, the worst team likely in the <laughs> NFC West, and the worst team likely in the NFC North. So, I mean, I, I think that's a it's a, a nice opportunity there. So if you really want to go all in on the Giants, <laughs> like and, and pick up the rack up four wins just in that stretch from yeah. October 23rd to mm-hmm. November 20th, then you're definitely going over here. But I don't think they win all four of those games. Um, I think two and two is probably a more realistic uh, scenario. But, um, man, you know, again, I, I just don't know how improved they're. The roster just I, I don't think is there yet all the way. Um so, like, the number right now, as we said, seven and a half. Honestly, I would probably go under. Um, ceiling. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I guess if you're just being as optimistic as you possibly can, and, and again, if, if that's adding in, let's say they go on a four-game winning streak um, in the middle of the season, can they find five other wins somewhere to get them to nine? Um, maybe. So, I'll, I'll go I'll go six to nine for the Giants. I think that's um and I don't know, man. I don't I don't want to go 5, but um uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go 6 to 9 for, for New York here. Yeah, it's a t- it's a tough one. I, I don't want to be too cruel with my floor, but I yeah. I mean they went 4 and 13 a year ago and I'm not saying that they're going to go 4 and 13 again, but it's certainly in the range of possibilities. I'll put it at 5. I think I was going to say I, I think I'm going to switch mine. I think I want to go 5. <laughs> I'm going to go 5 to 9 here. So But I, I just don't know if their ceiling is any higher than 8. I know you mentioned 9 maybe yeah. with the schedule, maybe if Wandale Robinson comes in and this and Kenny Galladay really bounces back and 
and and Dable's able to uh, replicate some sort of success in I'm Dan- trying, with Daniel Jones. The only thing, exactly, we're trying here. But the only thing, like, I, I'm, we've talked about this in the offseason. Like, how much, as much as you know, Dable was talked up by jo- Josh Allen last year. I thought he would be uh, was a potential option for the Chargers before they go in the direction. So, I mean, yeah, it's the thing is like over the course of his career it's not like he's always been known as this guy that like elevates qbs and i think he has improved as a play caller and as a leader and some of the things over the course of time you hear just anecdotes of what he said to players in the locker room and how he builds guys up and how he makes relationships i think he's he's improved overall as a coach and in those ways but in terms of like a qb like really taking a guy and improving them how much is really josh allen's own development some of the coaches he worked with on the side how much was really dable not positive so i'm not exactly going to just say like hey immediately Daniel Jones is going to become an, a you know an average quarterback or be able to consistently put up uh, better numbers uh, with an offensive line that has you know I think Neil d- dudes already obviously this happens for a lot of guys but you see them in training camp and they're just wrecking people like he already looks like he belongs with some of the things I've seen um, with some of the videos outside of out of Giants camp but and Andrew Thomas I think you got two solid guys to build on on the outside of the offensive line I think they could be okay there uh, obviously just Saquon saying healthy is always a question mark but and I think you have pieces along the defense I just think they need more time um, I, I don't think the, the secondary outside of Xavier McKinney is necessarily the most intimidating group um, I, I think they're probably due to take a little bit of a step back after last year finishing 18th in DVOA on defense I think they're probably more in the 20s even with some of the because it does take into account the quality of your opponent they might put up okay numbers against some teams but if they're playing a bad offense they still put up 20 something points not necessarily going to be a good game for your DVOA um I don't think they're going to finish with the worst offensive DVOA again as they did a year ago I think that'll have a slight jump there so maybe yeah that's why five ish wins is probably where I think that's the floor ceiling though I just have a still even with that schedule I, I you know yes it's at Seattle and Seattle's D and Seattle's really rebuilding an offense but they still have some talented guys that defense I think is going to be a lot better um I still think some of these teams that they're going to be facing have things going for them we'll get obviously talk about the Lions in a bit more maybe wait till after we get some um hard knocks episodes in so we can have some more content when we do our NFC North episode but I think yeah they're just as much just like Washington just as much as they have an easy schedule these teams are looking at the Giants and being like all right this is a team that we can definitely beat um, um, uh, it's just, I, I think it's going to take a little more time. I, I, I do, as much as, again, I, I didn't mean to take away too much from what Dable was able to do in Buffalo, but it's not like you look at his history as a QB coach with the, with the Jets going back to Chad Pennington, Kellen Clemens, the year with Brett Favre, then he's in Cleveland and Miami, Kansas City with, you know, he's not necessarily having guys that are Josh Allen. He has quarterbacks like Matt Castle and Brady Quinn. He's not, he's not coaching up Josh Allen. So it's just, I don't know how much you can really elevate um, him. Maybe I'll be wrong. I would love to be wrong. It'd be fun to watch Daniel Jones put up numbers like he did when he first started playing games after he was drafted. He had that little stretch where his Danny Dimes was, was trending and all that. But I'm not expecting too much. And I think they just, they, I think they have the right mindset of how they're going to be able to build this uh, front office that they bring in from Buffalo you know as a did just as good of a job as you could possibly have with the cap situation that team was in a, you know five six years ago to where they are now and what they were able to build up I think they have the foundation and the people in the building finally maybe that uh, can make this happen I just think they're going to need a few more drafts and I think this year is probably still going to be another rough season for the Giants yep so uh there, there's our range I get I tried Giants fans try to get to the nine I don't I don't think it's going to happen but um, there you go. There, there's something you can lean on. And, and we are going to mention a Giants player in our, our last section here. So maybe that will help you get there. But uh, we do wrap up with our division MVP breakout player 
fantasy MVP, and uh, we start with our division MVP. And, um, you know, this was a tough one because I we were looking around, and as we said, we haven't made our predictions yet. So it's one of those where if you're picking the Cowboys to win the division, well, you're probably going to pick a Cowboys player. If you're picking the Eagles to win the division, you're probably going to pick that. Although, as we know, it's still possible for that not to be the scenario. Yeah. But um, you're just kind of going to maybe lean on that if you're picking one of those teams. I went with the easy choice here. Um, you know, this is just – you guys know right now, this is what I do. I just go with the, the point-blank easiest choice there is. But um, I went Dak. I just think there's still – you know, as we said, there there's a there's a group there that still has to prove itself. Maybe it's not as deep of a wide receiver unit as he's had. But I just think numbers-wise, Dak will, will probably be the, the, the top player in the division. Um, and, again, if we're projecting the Cowboys to maybe go as high as – I don't know, 13, 14 wins, mm-hmm. um, best case scenario, then yeah, I think you'll have a big part in that. So I'll go Dak. Although you're going to go out on a limb here and go on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, Dak is, I think, ultimately by the end of it, you could probably make the argument for him. But, I, you know, I just think we looked at this Dallas defense, what it, where it was before Micah Parsons got there and where it was last year. I mean, yeah. he's just so important. He almost won defensive or sorry yeah he almost won defensive player of the year let alone he easily won defensive rookie of the year he was in the hunt for player of the year i mean this guy's just an animal already immediately became one of if not the best linebacker in the league um i I just think if if dallas uh, you know depending what happens with that offense even if it's not perfect at all times i think this defense is able to do so many things and it's able to have so many different identities game to game and be able to adapt and that uh, just for Dan Quinn to have Micah Parsons there. While we're recording, by the way, I don't know if you saw that the Cowboys signed uh, Anthony Barr, so another addition for Micah Parsons there alongside him. But, um, yeah, I just think that he's he's so fun to watch. He's, there's, you know, there's a lot of really fun to watch defensive players, but he's a guy that, like, you find yourself, and obviously his tackle numbers put that up. You're like, he seems to be all over the ball every time he's on the field. But just even watching him, the way he moves, the way you see things, how instinctive he is, um, you know, maybe not with the, with all the stats that Dak could end up putting up. I think he still makes sense, but I think that for the importance of the Cowboys, if they're going to win this division and be a Super Bowl contender, as much as they need Dak to play at a high level, I think they need Micah to to keep going at the rate he did last season. Yep, I like that pick again. Like you said, I, I think there will be a, a great chance that he will just continue to wreak havoc the way he has, and so I like that choice, especially the Dallas defense. Uh, as you mentioned, could have a could have a big year. So. All right, our breakout player. Um, this was one where, as we always say, you can go a lot of different directions in this breakout player group. But um, I just mentioned the Cowboys' offense, and we talked about how you know Mark Cooper's not there anymore, and some guys have the ability to step up and maybe you know step in and, and be in a pretty good spot. Well, I think one guy that's got a chance to do that is uh, Jalen Tolbert, who they drafted. Yeah. This year, um, wide receiver out of South Alabama, and I think that uh, he will certainly get an opportunity to prove himself right away. And, um, again, when you kind of looking at someone who's going to be playing with Dak and how that will help. But, and also, we always say this, too. It's like you also know that there's going to be a lot of attention on CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, you know, Dalton Schultz, just guys like that as well. And, of course, Zeke's in the backfield, Tony Pollard. So, there's a lot of options on this offense, and as we, we've seen before, that allows probably a guy like Tolbert, if he's going to get that opportunity, um, you know, we'll have we'll have no shortage of you know perhaps balls thrown his way just based on volume and those kind of things, and knowing the focus for a lot of defenses will be on 
some of those other guys uh, specifically. So yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense. He's quickly become a guy that if you followed the the Cowboy beat writers, a lot has been said about him. Awesome word that has been used by a number of different <laughs> different quotes yeah. from different people in their building. So they they already look at him. All right, it's very early. And there's tons of guys that play well in, in, in training camp, and we'll see what happens. But they already think that they got a steal in him. That's a, those are some of the quotes that are coming out. Kellen Moore excited about what he's going to be able to do. So yeah, I think that choice makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of opportunity in that offense, and you think about what the other guys can open up, and I, I think that CD's going to have an insane year. So I think it just Jalen Tolbert definitely has by the chance of it to be an X-factor, and I think he works as a breakout player here. I'm going with the team that otherwise probably wasn't going to get mentioned in our entire um, <laughs> list of things here. That is Kadarius Tony with the Giants. I When he was on the field, when he was playing and out there for the Giants last year, he looked really good, and he's taking more strides. A lot of Good things coming out of camp for him. I think he's a guy that, while the Giants, I don't anticipate them having a great season overall. I still think Kadarius Tony by the end of it could put up big numbers. Could be not. I'm not going to say fantasy division as we're going to get to, but I think he could end up outplaying his ADP absolutely. And I um, just a guy that does so many things. He's super physical for his size, and I think just with another year uh, in the NFL uh, with, with uh, maybe a, a little bit. Uh, different staff and different <laughs> culture that they're going to be starting to develop. I think that's only going to help him, and I think they're going to uh, not be afraid to utilize what he has. And um, so, yeah, I'll put him as a breakout. Other guys I considered, Quez Watkins, what we mentioned briefly, with I think similar to what we're talking about for Tolbert, could end up having a, a great chance as a number three option to really put up some solid numbers in Philly's offense. But yeah, those are I think uh, definitely our, our choices here are two guys I, I would consider that have a good chance to become breakout receivers. Yeah, I think so too. Two guys that, like he's mentioned, just kind of the situation they're in could have a opportunity uh, for uh, some some breakout potential. All right, fantasy division MVP. We wrap it up here. This was one too, or I think you can go several different directions. Uh, I went back to my roots here, Dylan, um, <laughs> the former Tennessee Titans star AJ Brown. I think that you know, and then that is again, you're relying on Jalen Hurts to to really be able to to put things here um, where you need him to be. I just think A.J. Brown's so talented that it doesn't really – I mean, it does matter. Obviously, you couldn't put him out there with just anyone, but I think Jalen Hurts uh, is good enough uh, for sure to be able to mm-hmm. continue to feed A.J. Brown and put him in a position to, to have a lot of success in Philly. So um, I'll go A.J. Brown here. I think you have a. I think you have another monster year. Yeah, I think there's a – mine kind of goes – plays off of yours. Obviously, I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, right now, Football Outsiders, their Kubiak fantasy projections, have him projected to be the fourth highest scoring – quarterback obviously a lot of that's going to be uh, running the ball but I think those kind of things as he develops and gets more comfortable I'm not even just thinking passing yards but all the touchdowns he can get on the ground uh, I do think he'll improve with AJ Brown for the reasons we've talked about um, in the passing game uh, just a guy that's going to help you even if your throws aren't perfect at all times he's just going to go out there and get a bucket for you so I think yeah both these guys make a ton of sense if my, if if the Eagles had uh, more of a mentality, in which I don't, I don't think they should, but from a fantasy owner point of view, it can be frustrating when a team has um, a running back by committee approach. But I feel like Miles Sanders, if the Eagles wanted to really utilize him as a workhorse back, he could have that potential to be the fantasy division MVP, given what Philadelphia's offense line was able to do and what that what they were able to do in that um, running the ball last year as they you know they had to do it nice but i still think they can run it effectively even if they're going to be passing a bit more with some of the things that are going to be opened up by these receivers and hurts potentially taking a jump but he's one guy that i would have considered otherwise um i think cd could potentially make his way into this argument if he has just a 
absurd season where he's like a top three receiver I don't think that's out of the question in a top three fantasy play from CD um, in that Dallas offense but I think we have uh, two good guys that I think by the end of it could put up some pretty big numbers and um, potentially uh, depending on where you get them in the draft just don't overdraft Jalen I, I think if you maybe take advantage it depends on the league you're in if, if teams are uh, some people are doubting his ability throwing the ball maybe eventually you can get him a little later but I think AJ Brown's going to have a big year even if it's not completely the numbers he's putting up in Tennessee yep I think so too so uh, there you go there are picks for uh, our division MVP breakout player fantasy MVP as well as some of where things stand for the NFC East heading into the season. But, of course, still don't have it all covered over clutch points. Lots of stuff going up over there as uh, we are officially on the road to the well, start of the preseason. Yep. will be soon enough here. Uh, you'll be getting ready for that. Um, but the season, not that far away either. So let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, we have tons of stuff looking at the last five guys that can make each roster breakout candidates. Uh, tons of stuff um, that we'll be writing on clutchpoints.com in the NFL section. If you click NFL at the top, you can find all of those articles you can also find them in the nfl section the clutch points app follow all the preseason and regular season eventually games uh tons of stuff have might have some uh, things in the app for the hall of fame ceremony coming up on saturday so yeah lots of good stuff like you're saying by the time this episode comes out um it'll be it'll be game day for even even if it's only the hall of fame game even if uh, etienne and and trevor lawrence aren't playing and probably some more guys from the raiders on the other side but nonetheless it's football and uh always a fun weekend with the hall of fame ceremony we'll have all that coverage of the ceremony all the all the speeches all that good stuff you can find at clutchpoints.com in the nfl section Yep, check on that out there. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast that you use, search for Stop and Pass. And thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time.